Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. This is a beat that always gets us going big time. This is the one. I remember when it was going on. The first, the first time I ever heard it was Love and Basketball. You like that movie? Is that a decent one? I love oh, yeah. That. Great movie. That's a classic. So so many people say it's bad. You either love it or you hate it. But I loved it. And as a kid watching Love and Basketball, I definitely wanted to be Quincy. I wanted to make sure that I got to the NBA, except for when he tore his ACL and then wasn't good and was a bust. I just wanted to be mm. Quincy at USC, have Sanaa Lathan. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to live that life. That's what I thought, you know? I mean, who did it? That's not what I wanted, at least. He and did I, have a fire lifestyle. And I wanted to jam to Cool Modi in the background. That's exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, let's go to the Garage Door Guru text line. I do want, now we're playing a game with the Bryce puns. Not only are you just sending them in, now we're looking for one that actually makes Wes smile and like it. Because we are O for like three or four. Wes does not like any of them, and I loved pretty much all of them. How about this one? Bryce and Shine. Is that okay? No, I don't know. <laughs> is that just for Wes or is that for you too, Fiddy? Yeah, at first it was just for Wes, but that one just... Uh, I think it's Yeah, because it's Bryce and Shine, it doesn't have the ring to it. Like, if you want to say Bryce, and then that's trash too. Bryce and Shine. See, I said his name. I said it with a little but sing it's not, song. But the original saying is not Rice and Shine. <laughs> I know, but it sounds close Unless you're going to eat rice for breakfast. It sounds, hey, I did the other day. Actually, really? that's a great question. What? That's such a great question. Like wow. actual physical rice. Rice and gravy. <laughs> you talk about some southern for stuff. For breakfast. Yes, I did. And you heading down Fitty's territory. <laughs> I did. <laughs> like that. We're going back home, people. We are going back home. That absolutely happened. So we all went to, it was me and a few friends went up to the mountains. It was like a month ago. Okay. It was for one of my buddy's birthdays. And then we all had a big breakfast and... Rice and gravy was a part of the menu next to the pancakes, next to the eggs, the bacon. And it was interesting. It was like, okay, it's not something that I usually eat, but it was very good. It did not feel feel out of place. Thought it was okay. So tell me if you've had rice and gravy before, if you are that Southern to the point that that does not get out of the Carolinas. Rice and gravy, period, or rice and gravy for breakfast? For breakfast. Yeah, I've never done that. But that that can't that can't be out of the South or the Carolinas, I have to admit. And by the way, we were talking about that very thing with coleslaw. In case you're later joining the show, 1 o'clock is when you tune in. We were talking about whether coleslaw is national or whether it actually stays within the confines of the South. And it's been very differing opinions. 704 number wrote in, coleslaw is, all caps, national. Both KFC and Chick-fil-A mm. used to have great coleslaw, but no more. So you can have that debate. But that's that's a good point. If you have KFC and coleslaw having, or excuse me, and Chick-fil-A having coleslaw on a national scale, it's a good point. But I feel like other people have written in and said. That's why I'm like, how do people not know? Well, I guess when you said the grits, but then how would people not know coleslaw? But like I said, West Coast, I could see all three of those guys being where they're from, not being mm-hmm. coleslaw guys, because that doesn't strike me as a West Coast staple. I feel like it's Southern. I'm going to I'm gonna make that take about coleslaw. I feel like it's mostly Southern. Rather be golfing wrote in that Islanders play-by-play was Bryce cold of you, Fitty. Mm-hmm. 
There we go. Hey, I'll take it. You that liked good. it. That you that liked it. All right, we got one. Uh, Cackalack said, "So cold, we drip in bicycles." Nah. <laughs> I don't bicycles. No. Some of them are so lame that I like them though. I I like the attempt. I'm with it. Uh, talking about cheer wine. 704 said, not true about Cheerwine just being local. Cheerwine is available at a small amount of restaurants in the Midwest. You'll have your outliers, but still. Because the next one is, Joe Gibbs Jr. wrote in, that's facts. He wrote that all caps and with a Z. That's facts on Cheerwine being local. Um, Or, excuse me, going national. He said, my boy Spencer lives in Philly now. Shout out to Spencer. Takes back two or three cases with him when he goes back. Oh, okay, so it is local. Is that something your relatives do? Like when they come down here, certain stuff that they can't get... Would they, would they take it like your relatives from yeah. Indiana? They would come down well, they if don't, they visited? No, not not really. I mean... And take back stuff? Because my grandma would do that. Like, she would come down, she'd take back the sun drop, the chill wine, liver mush, yeah. all that. So we got liver mush in here. Yeah. Liver mush is amazing. That's how I said my southern car could never be revoked. Liver mush keeps me southern it, no matter what I don't like. It's great. No, you're right about it. I think that's a good take. I think that's a good take. Russell in <laughs> Vermont orders. He says he orders his Dukes. His Duke's Mayo. Okay. Russell in Vermont. So there you go. Self-explanatory there. Um, looking at a few other ones. Has a ginger wife said, I eat six McRibs a week. When it comes back, no cap. Ooh. <laughs> That's a lot. Easy, Tiger. That's a lot of McRibs. God bless you. Has a ginger wife. And uh, <laughs> the last one. You want some conspiracy theory. Can All we right. get the conspiracy music queued up very quickly by any chance? YB Normal wrote this in. A man posted on Twitter... That a friend of his who works at a men's warehouse in Gainesville fitted Anthony Richardson for the suit he's going to be wearing draft night. And Anthony Richardson told him he was being drafted first. Oh! By Carolina. LOL. Why be normal? Wrote that in because a man posted on Twitter that a friend of his who works at a men's warehouse in Gainesville. That is the source (laughs) of that (laughs) conspiracy. How many toes are you now for Anthony Richardson getting drafted number one after maybe that? Maybe three and a half. Okay. Or, or just like a, just like a little, maybe like a little extra toe. Oh, the rumors are flying, yeah. aren't they? I love it. I oh. Love it. I love every single bit of it. Feel free to continue to text in the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. Do you feel like these are, if, if you don't feel like maybe you lean in one of these guys' directions, do you feel like these are omens to let us know that we're going to be surprised with the Will Levis and with this. Do you feel like, or if you don't, what are the chances, the percentage you put on it that we're going to be surprised tomorrow night? Uh, I'm I'm going like five. And it's going to be lit because we're going to be out. Mm-hmm. TD Spot is going to be slam packed. That's the right. The streets of Uptown will be slam packed with people. Mm-hmm. So if this pick doesn't go the way everybody wants to, if it's Bryce Young, everybody's going to be like, all right, that's what we expect. But if it goes any other direction, we are going to be a part of history. Mm -hmm. We will definitely be filming that reaction to Mm -hmm. see how people act. Because if this is a surprise, I can't wait. Uh, (laughs) I I give it like a 5% chance. Stanford P., uh, usually he's contributed. He's being a buzzkill in the text line. He said, that was a joke account and post. I saw that too. Man, we're clouding, P. We're clouded. The text before that. We're talking about this offseason. Fitty, do you see the other text that he wrote I'm going to put something out there. Goodness gracious, Stanford P. We're talking about this offseason. I mean, to be fair, you attacked his nickname the other day, so now he's just coming back at you. Wait, how did I attack it? I don't know. I didn't attack his nickname. I'm going to say I talked to Hendon Hooker's uncle, and 
Hendon Hooker came over and he there picked up the phone. It was David Tepper and I couldn't hear the conversation, but all I heard Hendon Hooker say was, the secret's safe with me. Uh, okay, perfect. There you go. I like all of it. Go ahead, Fiddy. Last one from you. Uh, Tepper did crash the Mac and Bone show this morning and, and he did tell Mac and Bone this. Hey, uh, we taking a quarterback number one overall tomorrow. Oh, okay. He should have came to our show. Um, we're, we're kind of, we're walking the line of just outright lies and possible slander, miscommunication, misreporting, fake news, if you will. Um, but it's okay. Oh, reckless, easy. reckless speculation, baby. Reckless speculation. That's what we're about here. Leading up to the NFL draft. All right. Speaking of it, it's time. We're going to miss Todd McShay. We're going to miss Frank Caliendo as soon as the draft is over. Maybe we can bring it back for the NBA mock drafts that we'll have. Maybe that's something can, that can be a part of our life. But until then, we'll give you one of the last few editions of the Mock Draft Melee. Mel Kiper Jr.'s first mock draft of the season. With the first, second, third pick. In the NFL draft, here comes the commissioner. All right, this one comes in from Jonathan Jones on Twitter, at jjones9. The final mock draft is here as he tweets out the first round. The only, it's one of two that he's done. Charlotte Observer alum, very well connected with the Carolina Panthers organization. We've seen that time and time again over the years. Round one, pick one, Wes. He says Bryce Young is going to be the first selection. And this is his write-up. Only two sentences. Quote, he's going to be the pick. He's about the only thing we know for certain in this year's draft. And then he moves on. Just doesn't even give you any other reason. Doesn't give you any other chance that could be anybody else. Bryce is going to be the pick. He's about the only thing we know for certain in this year's draft. Wow. That's strong. It feels It feels right. We've been talking about it a lot. He must not talk to Will Levis. <laughs> he does. He doesn't talk to Hendon Hooker's uncle either, yeah. like you do. And he doesn't talk to that guy that fits suits at Men's Warehouse right. in Gainesville, Florida, that mm-hmm. talked to Anthony Richardson. Uh, cousins, brother, mother, sister, all that stuff. <laughs> now, really, this mock draft, I thought that was interesting to point out, just to get some more confirmation in case you still had some thought it could be anybody else other than Bryce. But now here's where it gets interesting, though. Second overall pick in the Jay Jones mock draft, It's Will Anderson going number two to Houston. They skip out on a QB here. I wasn't sure of it last week, he writes, but it seems clear the Texans aren't interested in going QB at two. Anderson is the safest defensive player in the draft. Wes, how do you feel about Houston passing on a quarterback at number two, Stroud, Levisor, Richardson, in favor of the defensive end, Al of Alabama, if it happens? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of his. I feel like he's been the most slept-on player in this process. If this were the 90s, he'd probably go number one uh, when you talk about the type of production that he's had. So I'm not surprised by that. D'Amico Ryan's being the head coach. He wants a Nick Bosa type of player to start his defense with. He feels like... He is that kind of guy. And I think if you're not enamored with these quarterbacks, then you can sit back. I think Davis Mills, I guess he's comfortable with that, going to run the football, play defense, and then probably be in a position to draft maybe Caleb Williams or maybe Drake May. I have my thoughts on if Drake May is going to actually be the number two pick, but that's for another conversation for another day. There you go. We got a whole year to to go. Anything (laughs) could happen. Yeah, but – I wouldn't be surprised by it, and I don't think it's a bad idea. 
They could go for a quarterback in the second round. They could come back, trade in the second round, get Hendon Hooker or something like that if he goes that low. So we, we'll see. I, I would I would very much be against them leaving the draft without a top five QB prospect, right? Like, I'm including Hendon Hooker. I would be, if I was a Texans fan, I wouldn't like it because there's no guarantee as we just saw with Lovey Smith winning the final game of the season, that you would get a number one or maybe even a number two pick in next year's draft with Drake May or Caleb Williams. And when we've talked about it this offseason, Wes, if you have a first or second overall pick, who's to say you're going to trade? Like, if you have it next year, that's going to be gold to Mm -hmm. get one of those guys. So Houston not taking one, I would hate that. At least one of those top five guys. Another interesting one, round one, pick three, Paris Johnson Jr., The offensive tackle out of Ohio State. Here's what uh, Jonathan Jones writes. We all know the Cardinals want to trade back, but in this mock, they don't find a dance partner. Arizona goes here with the offensive tackle with the best feet to help protect Kyler Murray for the foreseeable future. No QB going two or three, and instead, the position you played in college, that's the first time uh, we see Arizona on the board and they pick some protection for Kyler Murray. What would you make of that pick? Can't go wrong with that. You're good I with mean, it? You go pick your offensive tackle, man, a guy like that, long arms. Got to protect your quarterback. We talked about that. So, yeah. good safe pick. It's funny how little we've talked about all of the top prospects outside of QB compared to other years. Because Carolina usually has six or nine or somewhere in the top half of the draft where you really have to do your homework on all of these guys. But all we really did this year in the first round in the top 10 was look at every single QB. And so it's funny how we haven't talked a whole lot about Paris Johnson Jr., where in the past he would have been leading shows pretty frequently. Um, Just the last few QB wrap ups here. Will Levis goes number four. He has the Colts selecting the Kentucky QB which none of you would agree that is the right choice there. I know you've talked about it, at least making a case there for Will Levis. I know you like C.J. Stroud a little better, though. Bijan Robinson, he has going at number eight to the Atlanta Falcons. Mm. Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, kind of interesting backfield there. Next QB doesn't go off the board until pick 11 with C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud falls to Tennessee. He has that kind of Justin Fields similar slip to number 11 when Tennessee takes C.J. And then the very next selection, he does have Houston in a trade with Cleveland, taking Anthony Richardson at number 12. Just real quickly, your thoughts on the other QBs and where they fell. Uh, I think they would be interested in – tell me one more time, Anthony Richardson. 12 to Houston, okay. traded pick with the Cleveland Browns, C.J. Stroud 11 to Tennessee. Yeah, that would be – uh ideal situation for Houston in my opinion I think if you're able to get Will Anderson at two trade back up and get Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson I think that would be fantastic for them so that would be great to see and you know D'Amico Ryans is going to be a guy he's a defensive coach the scheme is going to be very very much spoon fed to him and it's going to be very conservative Will Levis going to Indianapolis uh, at number four yeah. yeah that's assistant and I think he could come in and do well in and a spot that you see him at, at a lot of mock drafts. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Either. Yeah, not at all. All right, that'll do it for the mock draft melee. We're still going to talk about the NFL draft, though, coming up next, except John Ledyard is going to help us do it. NFL draft analyst that does fantastic work. Stay tuned right here. Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back to the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Charlotte FC. Major League Soccer is now in season in the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse. It's open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse, coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. And now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, we have John Ledyard, NFL draft analyst here to help us break down the NFL draft as we get closer, minutes and seconds away from making that first pick. John, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing well, man. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So, John, noticing looking on your Twitter, you love basketball and tweet about it often. A lot of mm-hmm. people are saying that Bryce Young is the pick, and he has drawn comparisons to Steph Curry. Do you see that type of play from Bryce when you watch him? Do you see this coming to fruition in the NFL, him changing the game, so to speak? Yeah, I think that that's pretty pretty good comparison, as much as you can get with new cross sports like that. I mean, you have the um, big play potential, the splash play potential, obviously, of Young that, that makes the comparison work especially down the field, lots of big shots down the field, very accurate in that capacity, the ability to create outside of structure, and then somewhat similar concerns. I mean, Steph has gotten bigger, obviously. He has has added considerable muscle. I don't know that people talk about his size as much as they used to, but when he first entered the league, his size was a big talking point. Not necessarily his height, but just not the biggest, not the longest, not the strongest, and how will that translate uh, to the NBA? And I think Young is up against Similar questions, obviously. There's a lot of differences, too. But I certainly understand where the comparison comes from. You can follow John at Ledyard NFL Draft and check out his Audibles and Analytics podcast as well for more stuff like this. Now, if the Panthers should decide to go against drafting Bryce Young, is there another prospect that you see that could be a better fit at quarterback, and who would that be? I think Stroud is the other guy you point to because there's just so much good stuff from C.J. Stroud in the pocket. And then when he the games he was really forced to get out of structure and create for his team, Michigan, I thought he did a pretty good job of that. And then Georgia, he did an outstanding job of it. One of the best games you'll see in that capacity. It didn't have to happen often for him, so it was a big question throughout a lot of his tape. And he's become he's been kind of dubbed as a pocket passer. I don't think that's accurate or fair when you watch him on tape. I think you need reps playing outside of structure to become really good at it. 
and he just rarely had to do that at Ohio State because of competition and the protection that he had. I mean, two tackles will have will probably both be drafted in the first round, and so there's just a lot of really good things around him too. But his accuracy to all levels of the field is stunning when you watch him on tape. I mean, the ability to layer the ball with touch over the top, to throw with velocity when he needs to, to hit receivers on the move and stride, does hardly ever misses the layups. Just good mentally too, sees coverage as well. Not going to make a lot of mistakes. He's just very advanced as a passer, and I think that he's going to be a very good player in the NFL. And it wouldn't be out of the question, I don't think, to see Anthony Richardson become better than Bryce Young either. Those three, to me, are all really, really talented. Nothing would surprise me in terms of how it turns out in the NFL, especially we've seen, I mean, Josh Allen was not a good college quarterback, and now he's one of the best in the league. Justin Herbert was a very average college quarterback, and now he's one of the best in the league. Jalen Hurts is you know, I think a pretty average college quarterback. I know he had success, but a lot of that was his team, and, and then he's become really, really good in the NFL. So you can't rule many things out, I think, when it comes to the draft process. But I do think Bryce Young makes a lot of sense for Carolina. I like Stroud a lot as well. I have those guys in Tier 1. Richardson's ceiling is certainly there, but it will take, I wouldn't say even development so much as it just will reps. Like, I think he's smart, and I think he gets out of play. I think he just needs more reps of doing it within structure, especially in a system that doesn't just ask him to rip the ball down the field every single time. So the NFL could actually help Richardson. It just will take some time maybe to adjust because the system at Florida was just so downfield aggressive all the time. He'll have to work on the timing of the shorter routes and things like that that I'll have in the NFL. So, John, we've talked a lot about Bryce Young's size, but really we only focus on the injury impact of him being so small. Is there any way that his size actually affects the way that he plays? Maybe not the batted balls. I know that's kind of been disproven as people talk about shorter QBs, but is there any way the size actually does affect the way he plays, not just his ability to, um, to take punishment in the backfield? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's my biggest concern. The, way, the reason I have Stroud just slightly ahead of Young, and I love them both, I, it, it's very it's very much you know nitpicking to, to pick one over the other in some ways. But the thing that concerns me with Young is just that we've seen more and more over the last couple of years, defenses get really good at stopping some of these quarterbacks who don't see over the line, see the middle of the field as well. They've started to say, oh, we can actually change what we do coverage-wise when we play these guys. And you've seen it in Russell Wilson's struggles in recent years. That's been a big part of that. Some of it is just him missing and not throwing to the middle of the field uh, when guys are open. But defenses have realized that they can leave some things and and change the way that they cover without getting into too much detail. Ben Solak did a pretty good job at identifying and talking about some of the stuff with Bryce Young on the ringer. He's a YouTube. Yeah, people can search uh, mm-hmm. for that if they're interested in it. But it just, yeah, it definitely changes things. Like you have to, he is less comfortable playing within rhythm because he won't see things as quickly or as clearly in rhythm. Um, and that is part of the things he'll have to overcome. Now, he's so good out of structure. And certainly we've seen creators become really good out of structure. But I think you've seen Tyler Murray have to get out. I think you've seen um, Russell Wilson have to get out to be able to play at a high level with the quarterback position. Now, they have been able to do it. I think Young has some of those traits as well to be able to do it. Those guys have obviously had some really good years. I just worry about the sustainability and the game-to-game consistency with Young, given that some of those limitations are, I think, going to be there for him. Um, So that, to me, is... I mean, arguably is bigger concern than the injury thing because most injuries for quarterbacks don't come from, oh, he's just was too small and got hit too hard. Like, it, most of the time it comes from a, a situation that just you couldn't have foreseen or avoided and it, somebody lands somewhere wrong or something like that. It's rarely because, oh, he just got hit that hard. Like, I just don't mm-hmm. think that's going to be the case with Young, whereas if he was 20 pounds heavier, he wouldn't have gotten hit on, hurt on that hit. 
I think the bigger concern is the play style with being that short and small. That is the voice of John Ledyard. You can follow him and all of his draft coverage on Twitter at Ledyard NFL Draft. John, I want to know a draft take that has developed over the last month, maybe a couple months or whatever, that has gone mainstream that you absolutely hate. What is a myth that you also want to dispel because the draft take is just so, so wrong and it leaves you enraged? Well, you guys came to the right draft analyst because yes. there, there are many there are many things in which I do not see eye to eye with consensus most of the time year to year. Um, and Tyree Wilson is probably one of those where I just watch him and I, I can't believe we're talking about this guy going number two overall. You know, I think it was surprising last year with Walker going that as high as he did, but to some degree you got it. Like he was a physical specimen who didn't really have bad reps. He just didn't have the high end reps you wanted. So if you felt like you could get him from point A to point B. I get it. It wasn't a great class. I wouldn't have taken him number one overall, but I understood why Javon Walker went there to a degree. To me, Tyree Wilson has all kinds of technical flaws, is older, doesn't have the same athletic upside or look like the same caliber of athlete on tape at all. And there's very little production here, even against the Big 12, and some of these aren't even real passes, being blocked by tight ends half the time. He is very big, very powerful, and those are great traits to have as building blocks. But we usually talk about guys like this as like the developmental prospects we'd swing on in, on day two of the draft. Like round three, let's take a chance on him, something like that. To be talked about like this where you could go over Will Anderson, there's just no comparison when you watch their tape. I have no idea where you would, other than his just size and length, which Anderson's not bad in those departments either, I have no idea where you give Tyree Wilson an edge over Will Anderson like he is. He doesn't have any pass rush moves at this point in time. He is the last player off the ball all the time because he falls steps in place before he actually gets off the snap. So it causes these huge delays in his pass rush that allow him to be a lot easier to be blocked. Um, and he plays with way too high a pad level. And he got away with these things in college because he's bigger and longer and stronger and older than a lot of the players that he played against. But there's just a lot here to be concerned about for a guy that universally, I think Arif Hassan's consensus big board came out and he is, in the top 10. So almost every draft analyst sees him uh, sees him as a top 10 player in this class. And I'm very much outside of that. I have a third round grade on him. I don't see him that way wow. at all. So it will be interesting to see how it all shakes out in a couple of years. But he's the one I'd probably point to that I have the biggest disagreement with. John, staying in the realm of edge rushers, when you look at the Panthers pick at 39, do you have any wide receivers? Because a lot of has been made about this class and it not having blue chip talent or edge rushers, or maybe even a corner, maybe a position we're overlooking, tab with second-round grades, but are also kind of in that can't-miss realm if they're available for the Panthers at 39. Yeah, I think it depends what type you want at wide receiver, but there are good players at wide receiver. You're not going to get a number one overall, like a number one guy that runs your, to run your offense through in that range, I think. But I really like Josh Downs from UNC. I think he's if he were bigger, I think he'd be the undisputed one wide receiver one in this class. He isn't, and that matters. Like he's been a slot only at UNC. He's five nine, one hundred seventy three pounds. Like that is, there are just limitations that come with that, and it it, it sucks if you like him because like it probably will get pigeonholed into a smaller role in the NFL, and that's just the reality. But to be five nine and have his ball skills and contested catch ability is really really cool because you know he can do the, the small wide receiver stuff. Like you watch him run routes incredibly explosive he ran a great 40 he's fast so he could do things after the catch too he's tough but you expect all that that has to be there kind of for a smaller receiver 
to know that he also has ball skills and body control and will go up over corners and compete for the football, even if he's not going to win all those battles, it gives you a lot of reassurance about drafting him, I think, and knowing that he can be, at minimum, one of your like top three wide receivers on your roster. So I like him a lot in that range. He'll do some good things for an NFL team. There's a couple other wide receivers. If you want to go bigger, Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss has to learn how to play wide receiver. He played the wing a lot at Ole Miss, but he's, those are both bigger, stronger, good options. Mingo is good after the catch. Tillman is a great contested catch guy. So there's some options there. And then I think at edge rusher, B.J. Ojolari from LSU, probably that's his range. Didn't test as well as people hoped he would, but I think he's, he has the right idea as a pass rusher. He wants to win on the outside hip of the tackle. That's where you have to win as an edge rusher in the NFL. So he knows how to compete on that plane as a pass rusher. But the question I have is, is his athleticism good enough for his play style to translate to the NFL? And I think that will be what teams wrestle with as they draft him. But in that range of the draft, in this edge class, he's probably about your best bet. And then corner, I think it's a pretty good corner class, but there are a lot of nickel, maybe nickel-only types uh, of corners. So you're going to have to wrestle with whether you feel comfortable with those guys as nickel onlys, or if you know the Panthers have had some smaller outside corners, Dante Jackson, obviously. Um, and so maybe they're a little more comfortable with that. But it feels like with Horn and Henderson, and they're moving in that direction of realizing that size kind of matters there. So maybe Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State, ball hawk, great in zone schemes. I think can develop into a press man guy, but didn't play it much in college. So he gives you some coverage flexibility, but. Just the interceptions, the the amount of touchdowns that I think he has six return touchdowns in college. Like he has that insane production for a cornerback, uh, and so I think his instincts and feel remind me a lot of Marcus Peters, and he's a better tackler, tougher player, I think, and so he could be a good pick in that range of the draft too. That was John Ledyard on the Body Works Plus Guest Hotline. You can follow him at Ledyard NFL Draft. Check out his Audibles and Analytics podcast. John, we appreciate it, man. We'll see you down the road. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Another football sandwich right there. That was Top, good stuff. Toppings no. and all types of stuff. Well, no, that was great. This is that's what I want my draft analyst man. I want him coming after people who have the take that Tyree Wilson should be taken over Will Anderson. I want him giving multiple positions, different prospects at each position there at number thirty nine. That was great. And if you missed it, or if you want to hear it again, you know what you can do. Go to our website, WFNZ.com, click on the Wes and Walker tab, and listen to it all over again. That's right. You can enter the pod with us. Not like Love is Blind pods, but you can enter the pod with us. No, you know, who, your you know who you're listening to. Like, you know, <laughs> you can look up his pictures on Google if you want to. John Ledyard photos are out there, so it doesn't have to be Love or Draft is Blind. You can just know who you're listening to when it comes to the draft. All right, Fitty, take it away, baby. Second. City flash of the day. All right, guys. We'll turn our attention first to Major League Baseball. Last night, the Braves, they won their second in a row over the Marlins. Meanwhile, my Mets lost to the lowly Washington Nationals. The Boston Red Sox, they snapped a Baltimore win streak with an 8-6 to win. The Dodgers, they outslugged the Pirates 8-7. to Pittsburgh off to their best start. And something like over 30 to 40 years. So they've been a really fun team so far here in the first month or so of the year. Locally, the Charlotte Knights, they lost last night in the series opener against Norfolk 9-5. to But they had an early game this morning. And they've already won that game 2-1. to one. They'll be back in action tomorrow at Truist Field. Thomas Davis, who will be at our draft party, is throwing out the first pitch. Oh, busy man. And other thing I wanted to get to, mm-hmm. college football transfer portal is heating up. Uh, Deion Sanders, when he arrived in Boulder, said, I'm bringing my luggage and it's it's Louie. Yep. He's now seen 18 guys since the spring game came to an end exit 
his program via the transfer portal. Wes, what do you make of prime time <laughs> having to have his hands full rebuilding that roster there in Boulder? I think uh, that's exactly what he wanted. I think he wants guys that he doesn't deem fit for his program and what he wants to do out of there. I don't think he's been surprised much by any of the guys because I saw the one starting receiver that had over 100 yards. His name escapes me, but he had the 90-plus yard touchdown. Uh, he transferred. He was a little bit of a surprise. So I think it's a little bit of a mix. I think it's some guys Dion wanted to see go. Maybe a few surprises for him, but he's just continuing to make waves out there in Boulder. At least he's not acting shocked when he says, I'm bringing Louie, and he's acting like they're whatever level of baggage is worse than that. Yeah. Whatever they are. They are not Louie. They are not Gucci. They are not any of that. Samsonite? Is that good? Samsonite That's good? That's good. Okay. But so, not compared to what he can afford. Yeah. No. No. I mean, you're acting like Samsonite right there when you're going to bring in this luxury <laughs> uh, luggage and baggage. And so they're hitting the ground running in that transfer portal. It makes total sense to me. All right. When we come back, the brother to my fire fizzle. It's Fitty's favorites next on Wesson Walker. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Biggie. Um, pick in the door. First overall, can we open up as soon as that's in? The pick is in. Yep. Pick in the door. Is that all right? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm making it stretch. That's fine. We've been going for some puns here as much as we possibly can on Weston Walker Sports Radio. 92.7 WFNZ. Somebody else wrote in another Bryce pun. Rather be golfing if you draft Josh Downs and Bryce Young because you have some combo of fire and Bryce. I don't know if that really actually works with Josh Downs. But we're trying to make it happen for you. Wes, Wes looks at me disgusted every time I come I up. I don't know about that. That's a bitch. Strong. No, disgusted. Angry. <laughs> you don't want any more on the punt. Yeah, the, the, except it's not a good grunt. It's not. It feels like one of judgment and disgust mm. is what it feels okay. like. Poop grunt. Um, okay. okay. All right. Well, if you want to go crude. No. <laughs> okay. And we'll leak in to Fitty's favorites. <laughs> Let's just go ahead, Fitty. Go ahead. Fitty's favorites. All right. The category today is the best Panther off-season moves slash storyline. So it does not have to be a move that the Panthers actually pulled off. It could just be a storyline, like the Sean Payton rumors, Josh McCown saying, hey, I'll see you in Charlotte to C.J. Stroud. Tepper loves Levis that got started at the very beginning of this entire process. Man, I feel like that was actually happening before the season ended. So all-encompassing, you can text us as well, 704-570-9610. Some of your favorite Panthers offseason storylines from this past offseason. Let's get it started. Fitty, what's number five? All right. Now, I, I did stick with more of the moves itself. You went the other route because you were disappointed with my list. But starting off here, 
number five. Oh, yeah. You know. We're professional. You like that. Look at us. Um, <laughs> so my number five move, I wrote down the signings of Adam Thielen, Route God, and then, <laughs> and then, and then Hayden Hurst because everybody loves a good tight end especially Frank Reich's offense. We're drafting a, a rookie quarterback. We believe tomorrow night, number one overall. We feel like he's going to be a big part of what this Panther team does on offense. So a, a little combination there, but my, my number five move was bringing in Adam Thielen and bringing in Hayden Hurst. All right. What do you think, Wes? Do you like this being the fifth most favorite move that the Panthers made this offseason? Uh, yeah, I think so because I think it bolstered the receiving core. You bring in a proven commodity in Adam Thielen and a guy in Hayden Hurst who Walker, you might not give much credit to, but he did snag 52 balls playing with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. So I will respect that with also Joe Mixon eating out of the pot as well. I'm going to do the West thing where if if I don't give somebody the praise, but West does, that he accuses me of thinking like a DJ Moore is Julio Jones. I feel like you think Travis Kelsey was signed this offseason. That had 52 receptions. <laughs> That's Cincinnati. good. Touche. And so touché. I like Hayden Hurst. I just don't think he's going to be a pro bowler this year. But I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to see it from Hayden Hurst. All right. What's number four, Fiddy? What you got for us? Number four. All yeah, right. That is awesome. You like that? That's what we call a dynamic. Good old classic imaging baby yes sir love it and i'm probably gonna butcher his name but number four i've wrote down the hiring of ejero avero ejero avero ejero avero and the the biggest reason why was upon the hiring like first off fantastic defensive mind he's gonna do wonders we think here with brian burns jeremy chin all those types of guys hearing everybody on this station for 12 hours, butcher his last name oh, and his man. first name. Consistent. Was yeah. fantastic. And then I just butchered it, leading into it. That's okay. Yeah, that's fine. It took a little while. So immediately, what I'll do, and I did this for John Ledyard, by the way, because we didn't know if it was Ledyard or Ledyard. We just really read his content. You go to YouTube, and then you look up what close people are saying and what the person themselves might be saying. So I looked up an Avero YouTube video that the Denver Broncos released, and I was like, oh, okay. Oh, it seems like everybody's pronouncing it wrong. At least he pronounces it this way. So there you go. Doesn't matter. You got it. Number four. I actually think if you're doing just moves, you could argue it should be higher. Yeah. But I like him at number four well, as well. He needs to be mentioned if you're just doing moves. I also lied because I do have like one kind of not thing here, which is coming up next, Dad. Okay. Number three. You know, you kind of referenced it when you were leading into the bit here. Their quarterback tour, when they were walking around or touring around like a bunch of band boys, I haven't <laughs> seen anyone salivate the way they salivated over C.J. Stroud's pro day since I last time ate a perfect medium cooked filet mignon. Okay. I mean, they were drooling. They were in love. They were lusting after him, and uh, it was just a lot of fun watching them just go around because you could tell they were way more into Stroud and Young. Like, when they got to Will Levis, it's like when girls swipe right on me on Tinder. <laughs> Why well, don't, no, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, man. That's okay. People, wait. Swiping right is good. They do swipe right on you, right? Swiping, you were, did you mean swipe left? No. I mean, sometimes, like, the, the, the caliber of women that are swiping right on me 
aren't what I want to be swiping right on me. So uh, they're like, well, you know. Oh, okay. Last I, resort, we'll try this this guy. I thought you meant something <laughs> different. Um, it's funny. Here we are at the very beginning of this entire QB tour. C.J. Stroud was the favorite. He was 6'3". Every QB Frank Reich had ever coached was at least 6'3". He had the accuracy. Frank Reich likes ball placement specialists more so than maybe the other QBs available. And now, here we are where Stroud is falling in mock drafts. It's crazy to think about where we are now compared to all the C.J. Yeah. Stroud love. I mean, because you're right. Like Josh McCown, the whole, hey, we'll play some one-on-one. McCown said, oh, no, we'll just do it when you come to Charlotte. So you're talking about top 30 visits, though, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what I kind of looked at. But we're like, hey, is there something else here? Yeah, crazy how it's all changed. All right, what you got at number two? Number two. All right, number two, pretty basic, but uh, this was the guy I wanted the Panthers to hire. And it was the, it was the hiring of Frank Reich. Now, we all loved and, and respected the job that Steve Wilkes had done the back half of the year last year, getting this Panthers team in the position to make a run at the playoffs. I don't think the offseason Carolina has had as in totality happens with Steve Wilkes. I don't think Steve Wilkes gets the amount of the, the coaching staff here that Frank Reich has gotten. You know, he's he's a he's a good leader of men, very professional, processes everything, you know, at, at a really high level. This is his second chance and probably his last stand as a head coach in the National Football League, but this was the right move. It's a big reason why I think our Panthers will be in the playoffs next year. I thought Steve Wilkes deserved it as well. It doesn't mean that I hated the Frank Reich decision. I do think he brings a lot of good things. Wes, if this was Wes's favorite, where would hiring Frank Reich be on this list? Would it appear on your list? Ooh, um, or if you just want to say you don't have I'd a say it probably be on the list because it was arguably the biggest move to this point besides getting the number one draft pick. So I, I would say so. Well, and it, and it got things started, right? Like if we're going to go back as soon as the season ended, that was the biggest question mark we had. Who was going to be the head coach of this team? And Frank Reich, once that decision was in, everything else had a pretty damn good approval rating, right? There was definitely polarization on whether they should have kept Steve Wilkes. Okay, we like Steve Wilkes, but we also like Frank Reich. We eventually shifted into liking that hire at some point, but everything else was met with approval. The only other polarizing move, I think, was Miles Sanders for the most part, but even then, it's not like any anybody absolutely hated it. As West points out, I don't love paying running backs a ton of money, and I didn't hate the move. I'm cool, with, I'm cool enough with it, so yeah, everything else was very much so celebrated last one fitty number one on the panther offseason move slash storyline list number one it's easy it's trading up to get the number one pick in the nfl draft it happened on a friday afternoon and we all knew as a show man the next six weeks are going to be gravy we get to talk about having, gravy you know, for breakfast the, even the number one pick <laughs> something we haven't had since we got cam newton here in carolina and it's been a lot of fun the NFL draft and, and talking through it can be an exhausting experience. But when you're number one overall, it makes it a lot more fun, enjoyable, a lot easier to do for six, seven weeks. And so that was my favorite move so far of this Carolina Panthers offseason. As monotonous as it might seem, as tiresome as it might seem, I know we talked a lot about Bryce Young, how small he is, all the different QBs. There are plenty of worse places to be 
when you talk about having to talk about this NFL draft rather than trading up for the number one overall pick. There was movement all along. So all in all, from a content creator standpoint, I'll take this offseason really over any other one. In fact, I'm kind of dreading next year when they hopefully don't have the when number one overall. When they're drafting 32nd because we won that Lombardi trophy. Okay, we! I heard it! We I say we all the time though. It's yeah. not like Wes where not not Cowboy Fitty, not even Jet, Jet Fitty, Fitty, not Islander Fitty, Panther Fitty. He's here <laughs> and we appreciate it. That is Fitty's favorites. We appreciate that list. You can text us. What were some of your favorite moves slash storylines from this Panthers offseason? Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Coming up, there's not many more. Prospect duels. Number 93. One of us is going to pull ahead. Who's it going to be? Find out next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. 704-980. Let's go.